Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. It's Tuesday again, which means another edition of The Cast of TV Live, especially from our mouths to your ears. Never does your ears get treated with such respect and dignity as every Tuesday across the internet at this time. I'm Luke, editor of The Cast of TV, and joined by Gary. Good evening. Uh, my name is Gary. I'm a TV editor for VultureHound.com, and... This almost didn't happen because I can't tell the difference between the <laughs> microphone off button and a call button. Or how to say microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us on the podcast uh, this evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Denise. I've made my return to the Custard TV podcast. Yeah. Hello. And you come, you come bearing gifts. Yeah. Um, yeah. What have we got? Well, I've got um, a candle with no wick for you, Gary. Right, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Um, actually, I'm and, happy about that, actually. Um, I've, um, I've brought this pin from a from a badge that used to have a badge face, but the badge face fell off. Wow. And that's for you. Do you know what? You didn't listen to uh, last week's podcast, did you, Tanish? I didn't, because I was sick of the abuse from the first that's, no, one. No, that's that fine, I but I was just saying, if you'd have heard it, you'd have known... But um, Gary has a wick with no candle, so... Yeah, what you've done is just perfect. <laughs> Without knowing it, you've created magic. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, this is what we do on this show uh, for the next 45 minutes. We talk about the best and the worst on your television, and just to gloss over, Britain's Got Talent was on on Saturday. I was in love with it. It's the best final I've seen for a long time, and then Denise quite rightly came on twitter in the week when i was praising it and said you've been going on about the voice all week how come you all of a sudden prefer britain's got talent and i yeah, sort of felt in my place good i'm pleased because i said right from the offset that it was rubbish and i didn't yeah. like it and it was dull no um britain's got talent has got yeah, um you know pomp and excitement and the voice is just dull the thing is with the voice, I mean, what I've realised, well, I think a lot of people have realised and it happens, the voice is on around the world, much like this podcast, uh, but where our ratings are going up, uh, theirs are going way down, and that seems to happen across the board, wherever the voice is concerned, and my mum actually said this week, if they don't tell them how bad this is, I'm giving up, because that's where the voice is going wrong. There's not that, there is some talent on there, of course there is, but on the, on the whole, 
they're just just not critical enough. They're not telling them how to improve. They just seem scared to open their mouths and go, you know what, that wasn't great. You'll, you'll both be pleased to know that um, coming up later in this show, I'll have an exclusive interview with the winner of Britain's Got Talent. I can't wait. I can't I, wait. You know, I've been very lucky. Sometimes in this life, it's you just you just get lucky and you get the right email, the right tweet, the right Facebook message. And consequently, if you'd like to tweet us, you can do so. Use the hashtag CustardTVLive, but our Twitter name, oh, mine has changed. Mine is now just at the Gary Show. The underscores have gone. They're gone. You, you look so different. With, they've slid oh. you down. I know. Brilliant. Uh, Luke's uh, Twitter name is Luke Custard TV, and Tanise's is at Tanise underscore. I've kept my underscore because oh, someone well. else is hogging at. You Denise. can have my spare too if you want. You can do <laughs> Tanise no. underscore underscore underscore. No, that's too much. So, Tanisha, you've been overly critical of The Voice, and I have to say, right from the word go, you have been, and you've been proved right, because the viewers are turning off in droves. Are, are you still watching it, just for the sake of it, or not? No, um, even my dad, who was the one who suggested that we start watching it, um, is just not bothered now. I think, I think the big problem is that they've all committed to saying, by turning their chair around, um, they've committed to saying that this person is brilliant and amazing, um, and they're so determined to be different to Britain's Got Talent or The X Factor, they just won't give in, there's no honesty, it's just all very disingenuous. You can see them very much fighting not to say anything bad, but at the same time, their faces don't lie where their mouths do, and you can see sometimes when the notes get a little bit out of range and the, the you know things like that, you can see the expression, particularly on Tom Jones's face I've noticed, if you watch Tom Jones, his face will tell you when he's not when he's not liking something much more than the others. He's much more expressive. But in a way, that's worse. That's even more. Well, it, it tells me they should allow him to be. I mean, before the series started, there was very much this case: old Tom Jones is going to be the Simon Cowell of this show. He's going to tell it as it is. And I'm hoping maybe they do let him go a bit. You know, he's, he's the most experienced. If he, he hears crap, he's going to say it. But who do you think is censoring it? Do you think they've all agreed that they won't say anything negative? Or are they being told, we want to be distinct, we want to be positive, don't the, ever... The thing is, it's been on around the world, and I, I think it is the message of The Voice. That's the what the programme runs on, and that's what they've run on across the world. The US version is exactly the same, where they don't really criticise, they don't really knock. And... There are some particularly ropey contestants still in there, and the only good side side to it is they're getting rid of them quick. Four went this previous this weekend, just gone, and the final is on the first week of June. So we haven't got got far to go. But still, I feel where they've where they've gone wrong is the fact that we still don't really know who these people are, or we don't have a yeah. connection to them. By the time Britain's Got a Talent final rolled round on Saturday, I felt I knew all about the people that were involved in that and and connected to them all. I think one of the things that, that's happening apparently in America is uh, The Voice is coming back in September and they're changing it slightly is that bringing the, uh, the swivel chairs into the battle group uh, round and I think they've realised in America that as soon as, you give, as soon as you give away that kind of unique selling point that everybody loved, the people, the people are switching off when it turns into a talent, I mean people have started, I mean I compared it to, um, oh gosh what was that the BBC programme that I compared it to earlier? Academy. Thank you. Yeah, and really looking like that, 
and it's really a shame because it started so well and that the viewing figures have gone down from nine million to almost five million. You see, I liked Fame Academy because it was it was different actually to the X Factor. It was more you saw more of their journey for want of a better word that you saw the training you saw that they were given proper tuition um by uh carrie grant i thought that was good really enjoyed the fame academy yeah and I just think one of the selling points of that was as you say you got to see them and they used bbc3 well to show them living you know in the, in the fame academy house and having the daily exercise and Singing, sing, singing stuff. They made it more of a reality show. It was an early reality show, really, wasn't it? Oh, I really, know. Uh, always But there was some genuine talent on Britain's Got Talent this year, and and I, I think the yeah. the winners, the the person who won, who we do have an exclusive interview with later on this very podcast, yeah. was was deserving of it. But but everybody in that final. Particularly, I like the lovable rogues because they were new, they were different, and uh, they felt contemporary and different to most singers on a talent show. And it was just further proof that Simon Cowell and Co. know what the public like. They've got their finger on the pulse of the public interest, and that 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 was the. I've never missed a final of Britain's Got Talent. Never missed an episode, but that was the best final yet. I think I think one of the things Britain's Got Talent did was it really it really made sure that it delivered a big final and it, the program grew and we said this before didn't we that the thing about britain's got talent is maybe people aren't a big fan of auditions because you know they do a lot of the down talking and you get a lot genuinely haven't got talent but there were eight one acts in that final that could have won it i, I was think. just i was really impressed and it it made me quite it made me feel quite moved actually it, made, it was like a yeah. tv it was a proper tv event which we don't have many of nowadays uh, it didn't feel too in your face or over dramatised. I just really enjoyed it. And Simon Cowell has already said that he'd like Williams and Alicia Dixon and uh, Amanda Holden back yeah. on the panel for 2012, which, which as a viewer, I don't see any problems with. I think they work really well. I think David Williams got away with a lot more uh, than anybody else would, as far as Simon Cowell is concerned, and that always made me smile. I loved that bit where he swapped seats and <laughs> and sat in. Uh, in and just kind of stared at Simon Cowell. <laughs> I think that that in the dark was that after the diversity act. Yeah. He just kind of stared at him, and it was brilliant. Well, David Williams has done something that very few people can do, and it has won over uh, my entire family. Yeah. Um, I, I've Mine's always liked David Williams. Mine's the same. Yeah. But my dad never really liked him. Found him annoying and, and overly camp. Um, and he thinks he's great. He laughs all the way through. And I had to say, you know, last weekend, so what do you think David Williams now? He said, I've completely changed my opinion. Brilliant. The big problem was a lot of people felt that Michael McIntyre last year just, just sort of sat there and said everything was great and wasn't really into it and didn't look too interested. David Williams seemed genuinely interested. I mean, you know, he got involved with the gay singers. And, you know, he, he was in each act and you know when he really liked something he really went over the top and said it um, we want to talk a bit more about talent shows, specifically uh, the X Factor USA, which is announced yesterday at the Fox Upfronts that Simon Cow will be joined on the judging panel this year um, when it comes back in September by uh, Disney singerist Demi Lovato, uh, L.A. Reid from the first series, and Britney Spears. Um, people are very excited about Britney Spears coming in. 
I'm not overly excited. Denise, would that make would would having somebody that big on the show make any difference to you whatsoever? I I'm probably not going to watch the US X Factor because Britney's in it. I would have preferred if she'd come over and done the UK one. I thought that would have been quite good. But she is a big name in America, so I suppose she has name recognition. But no, I don't think I'm going to watch it yet. I don't know about you, Tilly. Um, Britney Spears. I don't know how I feel about Britney. I haven't seen much of her um, since. You haven't seen it. Do you need to watch her video? She shows all of her. It's like when they're about here, her, her dress and attire. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, right. Well, I, I think that she's disqualified as any other singer she's probably going to be a big draw yeah I think people want to know she's well now and I think I think the thing is is that she has been an actor that has been accused of being more style over substance. She's not the one's greatest singer. She's never had catchy rather than poignant song. Therefore, she's been about someone that you know all really good. And she, you know, that the whole coming on the stage with the snake stuff. I hope she brings the snake back. I hope the snake is in the audition well, room. We can hope that. We can only. I think we're nearing when we're going to a break soon, aren't we? So we all say what do we talk about after the break? Yeah, what we're going to talk about after the break actually is um, 56 up, which Gary missed and Denise wasn't sure of, um, and also the big axes and big commissions in the US. They had what they call their upfronts this week. Fox had theirs yesterday. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. Also, if you are waited like me with bated breath trying to find out how Gary got on with his exclusive Britain's Got Talent winning interview, you only have to wait another 15 minutes. We'll play it for you. This is the cast of TV Live. Yep, Tuesday is back upon us, and that means the cast of TV Live already discussed the final of Britain's Got Talent and the failure of The Voice. Um, Tanise, I messaged you earlier about 56 Up. Did you... You said you, you were aware of it, but didn't know it was on, or something along those lines. Denise isn't there. Gary, I did the same to you. Yes, you. Who's talking to? Me. Denise. Okay. I believe that removal I have spoken. I have seen parts of it in Robert Winston's programme. Would I be right in saying? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. No, you'd, you'd be wrong saying that actually, because Robert Winston really? did a thing called the called Child of Our Time, about children that were born on the millennium, which I can understand that you'd get those mixed up. But this was the idea uh, of ITV back in 1963, when kids, uh, when a certain group of children from around the UK were picked to be documented from age seven, then age 14, 21. Uh, and so on, and we're now here at 56 up in 2012. 
if if you've seen the previous episodes, it, it, the thing that strikes me about it is how brilliantly it is all cut together. Because what you'll see is clips of the children when of the certain subject rather when they were seven, uh, then what something they've said when they were fourteen, and then you meet them now in in uh, fifty six up. And some of it's quite heartbreaking actually, because they obviously haven't progressed and done what they wanted to achieve, and it. It's it's proper reality television. We go on a lot about reality television. This is watching people grow and develop and change throughout the years, and you don't get that anywhere else. And I was really I surprised that neither of you had seen it, to be honest. Can I just say that I think Denise is right. 42 was shown on the BBC, and the voiceover was done by Rob Winston. Well, I know. Well, I, I apologise for that. I was unaware of that. But certainly... Um, the majority of it has been on uh, been on ITV, and 49 Up was yeah. the last one in 2005 on ITV. It's just a really interesting premise. You don't have to have seen the others because it recaps uh, throughout. But it was re it was really well done. This one particularly, I really enjoyed it. And I so you'll, you'll have to get me. My father, when I asked him about this, said to me, he watched the original Seven Up when it was on in 1963. Yes, he is that old. Um, he's old. He's old. Well, he, he's now retired or going to work. Uh, and, and I think it's very important. I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, to, to sort of do this over a period of time, it's awful lot of commitment from them and from the two. Because, of course, you know, as you say, we're into what, this 49th year, even though it's called 56. Is that right? It started yeah, it, at seven. Started at seven, so we're in the 49th year, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Oh, it's a, am I right in saying that some of the people, not everybody's alive and things like that? Not well, four, they have, well, what this three. what this series is is three three episodes, and they cover four subjects or four people each episode. So there's 12 people altogether. I do believe from 49 up, one had been was had died. Uh, there's several people that have decided. Uh, due to personal uh, issues that they don't want to come back for the for the yeah. various episodes, which you can understand, but on the whole, uh, most people are back. And it, it, there's one particular guy in there, Neil. If you want to catch this, it's on ITV Player now. You need to watch it, and it just shows you they they were fantastic kids, full of of dreams and aspirations. And what's happened to some of them is is just heartbreaking. And also, there's no intervention by anybody. This is their lives and all we're doing is taking a peek at them in seven year increments. It's a really it's a really clever idea and I one I hope ITV will stick with throughout because like as you say it takes a lot of commitment from everybody in the production to keep in touch with these people and things like that. So I'm hoping yeah. that that it'll, we'll see the next one. with the uh the tuplet on sometime in the eighties or nineties. Mm. Aren't they doing the thing where they go back and look at their lives? Yeah, I mean, the, I, the idea of, of showing somebody when they're born and then going back isn't a revolutionary one. No. But I, I, th I think what, they, what they've achieved so well with, with 56 Apple, the Up series, is the fact that they chose such a diverse group of people to begin with. Um, and it's just interesting to see what, how their lives have progressed. It, it can be quite depressing. Because you can, you'll see in the first section uh, when they were a child and how full of life they were, and then you'll meet them at 14, and something's happened that we don't know about that sent them down a, the wrong path. Then at 21, and it also showcases how much change the majority of people have in their lives as well. So if you didn't see it on Monday night, there were another two. But please, 
uh, if you want to catch up on ITV Player. It is the best program of its kind on television. Just a few things from Twitter as well. That there's um, quite a, quite a lot of buzz. I mean, it was, it was a trending topic last night. Uh, some comments: uh, boy, middle, compelling, occasionally heartbreaking. Uh, Bond says, I, I, "I always a bit sad when I steal." Um, another one there uh, saying uh, that saying that the viewing figures were up to 4.8 million. Um, people blogging about this has been quite a and I think the main thing is, is that quite a lot of young people who really won't have ever really gone back unless they've gone back and watched it have gone, you know, not been watching the series since the beginning, been involved, as you say, quite touching. Let's move on seamlessly as we do and talk about um, the new commissions in the States. Of course, they have the thing called the Upfronts on at the moment where each channel is sorting themselves out for the. Is, it, is this for the autumn schedules? Yeah, this is the, the 2012 autumn schedule, so uh, this is what's going to be your televisions in the UK shortly after the autumn. Uh, and as you've explicitly explained there, that the upfront are really, um, are really a temptation by the networks, CBS, NBC, Fox and ABC and the CW network, to tell their audience and their advertisers mostly about the shows they've renewed and the new shows they've and of course those that have been cut. Um, and, and there's a couple of cancellations that, that influence the UK and, and some of the UK channels. We already know that Pan was canned by the BBC, um, the same BBC. Funnily enough, it actually did win an award, a European Palm d'Or award, um, before Pan, which I find hilarious. That seems I think strange. It's a shame that Pan Am cancelled. Yeah? Did you see yeah. that? I, I watched a few episodes of it. Um, we really enjoyed it, I was, but it, yeah, it just I mean, disappeared from the schedules. The problem was that they rushed it. They they kind of showed double episodes and then they moved it to different. Just something unfortunate to be tendency to do. So that's the show. All right, I think I've never found anybody who's actually liked it. So I'm glad to find someone who actually enjoyed the show. But, well, I thought it was very interesting. We only saw a few because they were on so late. Yeah. That did say that the BBC didn't have much faith in it or wasn't sure where to put it once they once they bought it, really. Uh, another key act was, of course, Awake, which is currently on Sky Atlantic on Friday nights. Jason Isaacs, yeah. the main star of that, has said that he was worried that it was going to be a high-concept piece for primetime US TV. He was, of course, proved right. And uh, will they at least end these things, or do they just go abruptly and finish? Well, or does, they will, will finish they get the an ending? Run. Yeah, they will show it fifth run, which is 12 or 13 episodes, and hopefully they'll do their best to tie it up. But the problem is the show had such a long theme, you know, the idea that he was living in two worlds that won't be able to end it in 13 episodes properly. Um, so it will be unresolved. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For everybody. And it's showing over here on Sky Atlantic. And it's one of the ones that's kind of uh, under the end. It's been a successful channel up to um, one, one of the others um, I would suggest, a bit of a surprise, is that CSI Miami has been axed. Before CSI New York and before CSI Vegas. Uh, that show's on Channel 5 over here. And I'm surprised that that's gone. Do either of you two watch CSI Miami? Um, I think a few, but it's not something I would watch religiously because they're quite, um, they kind of want to watch it in, in and out of order, can't they? They're self-contained episodes. You don't, you don't. That's what I was trying to get. At. They're yeah. self-contained. Episodes. Yeah, if you if you can sort of follow them, you know the characters, but you don't have to know that to watch the show. Why has um, that been axed, though? Because the other CSIs are still on, so why have they pulled the plug on that one? I don't really know. The, the, interesting thing, the other thing that I, I research for this week's show, I, I do actually do research, uh, is... Um, That's where we go wrong. Yeah. There's the top 20 script shows of the American season, and because CSI Miami is not 19, it's not, it's not, you know, the amount of shows that are on in America... Uh, 19 is pretty good. The ratings have always been good for CSI Miami, so I'm guessing people just... I don't know whether maybe they just got fed up of making three versions of it, and then perhaps they're running out of storylines. I'd imagine they would be, really. Um, um, other cancellations, uh, a couple of shows that were sort of fairly likely to be cancelled. Alcatraz on Watch, this was the J.J. Abrams attempt to recreate Lost a bit. Uh, and some people on Twitter, this episode two, they just get up. Uh, Steven Spielberg-inspired uh, sci-fi program Terra Nova got canned. That was on Sky One, Who Needs Dinosaurs. And on Sky Living, they've lost three shows. Uh, Unforgettable, Ringer, and The Secret Circle have all been sort of series. Um, I liked Ringer at the beginning, but once it went on mid and break, I never got back into it. What's going on with Glee, actually? Because that is the one that Denise likes. This, this new series, they're going to make it a show within a show. I don't quite understand yeah. how that's going to work. Well, I think, I think the idea that Smash has come on, Smash is on NBC, and this is the show we talked about a week, a couple of weeks ago, where it's about a showing of a, of a program, it's a program about the making of a show about Marilyn Monroe. The idea of a show within a if show. If you want to rhyme everything you say, I'm like, perfectly comfortable with that. It's a bit like Studio 60. Yeah, which I love. Or something like Studio 60 or something. That's and 30 Rock, which has been renewed for its final series, where the programme, I know it's a comedy, so it's slightly different, but the idea that it's a show about making a show, television show, kind of bringing down about what they call the rule of how you make telly. Um, of, the, of the renewals, the most surprising is Body of Proof, which stars um, Megan Hunt, uh, from who was in Desperate Housewives, and the, the reason is because it was doing terrible in the ratings in America, but they've renewed it for a short third series. I don't, I don't get what makes it and what doesn't anymore. I don't understand. Um, I mean, you're the Glee watcher, Denise. Are you interested in this show within a show concept? The the new singing show. No, the the you you. That's what Glee's going to be a show within a show. Are you interested in that idea? Yes, I think it's interesting, but it's not completely new. As we as, as we said. I think it's good to have a 
and look at shows are made in a uh, dramatic way as well as a comedy way. I'm, I'm really happy that episodes come back. Yeah. Because that's one of that's one of my favourites. I that that's a really uh, funny British, even though it's America. Um, it's great uh, British actors in it. So if it's like episodes, then I'd be happy. Did you watch episodes? Uh, series two started on Friday. Did did either of you watch it? I did. It? I, I, I thought. Think, it was, I thought. I, I wasn't a fan of series one because I thought it was a comedy and I didn't get that there were no laughs. It's more of a sort of a sort of a, a situational thing, so it didn't appeal to me. But we've talked in the past about how that the way with comedies. If you don't find it funny, <coughs> Grandma's House, uh, you aren't going to watch. Well, I was going to say it's just like Grandma's House. I guess you have to be you have to enjoy that kind of thing. I really yeah. like uh, Stephen Mangan and Tamsin Grieg. I loved her in Black Books. Were you a fan of Black Books, Gary? No. No, you're making it sound like you watch no comedy, Gary. You must watch some. No, excuse me. It's I've too been, serious. I, I watched the Big Bang Theory. I met your mother. See, I don't get Big Bang, Bang Theory. theory. And I quite it doesn't like make me laugh. And stuff like that. So, uh, the big one in America that's been renewed is that thankfully Community has been renewed for a fourth series. Hashtag six series in a movie. Um, it's only <laughs> thirteen episodes. But it's showing at the moment Sony Television. Yes, we don't know where that is on the Sky listings either. Uh, but I beg you, I tell you, go and get the box set. Make a national television look in this country. Show that program. It's so good. Uh, but with episodes, because somebody wrote a very interesting article about why Simon Amstel playing himself in Grandma's House was better and more believable uh, than Matt LeBlanc playing himself in episodes. What, what is it that you like so much about episodes, Denise? Well, I think what's why, why do you what? like episodes so much? I think I like it so much because it's got one of my favourite comics in it. I think the comedy is well observed. They don't... Uh, there's, a, there's a character in it who's blind uh, and I her husband that, yeah. is is uh, having an affair with the star and there's, there's lots of um, gesturing behind the back and um, physical comedy that there's um, the fact that Steve and Tamsin had some really great chemistry I think Cause it's, quite, it's quite rude yeah. in places it's quite, it's quite rude and quite sort of um, I forget, I can't think of the word, but it is quite rude in places and quite... Um, is it, isn't it, all- it is, it's kind of a little bit lascivious um, and that's also nice because it's, it's only half an hour long so it never gets to get boring or, or overly complicated. Even is fairly self-contained and there's an art going through it too. What channel is the mirror? Just gonna have a look at. Is it on HBO in America? It's on Showtime in America, which is like HBO's yeah. spottier younger brother. Um, it and isn't taken seriously. Also, as you say, people can allow it to be a bit more closer to the bone, a bit risque. So. And of course, it is, is it? written, of course, by the Friends writers who know Matt LeBlanc quite well, so they've sort of played on his what people um, assume Matt LeBlanc is like. It is sort of a. I think you know. I think to enjoy it, you. You, it'd be 
you have to appreciate Tamsin and Steven. They do most of the work here, and that, that's the reason I like it. I like them from Green Wing. I like Terry and Black Books. And, yeah, yeah, it's just nice to see them together again. And uh, although Episodes isn't going to set the world alight, it is a, a program that's been actually sold to more countries than America, uh, than Friends. So that was quite surprising. But um don't know if it's deserving of, of that title necessarily. When we come back from this break, I will play the audio that Gary sent me. He got an exclusive interview with the winner of this year's Britain's Got Talent. I don't know who he, was, who he had to be with or what strings he had to pull to get this chat, but it is coming up in just under 30 seconds. Gary speaks to the winner of Britain's Got Talent. You might want to put this in your diary or put this on record. It's coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, I now bring you an exclusive to the Custard TV Live show, an interview with the winner of Britain's Got Talent. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've been very lucky to secure this interview. Um, and my first question is, is Pudsey, um, will you let the fame and £500,000 go to your head? I have to ask you, there have been a lot of rumours in the newspapers about your, your personal preferences. Uh, anything you'd like to say about that? Is there any truth in the rumour that you thought about leaving Ashley for Simon Cowell and a block of cheese? Are there any rumours of the fact that you'll be the only fourth judge and the expert? And finally, how do you think this will change you? Well, there's no need to be like that. Well, that's not very nice. Okay, I'm ending this interview now. This is the Custard TV Podcast. How did you secure that? I've no idea. Uh, that's why people <laughs> listen to this podcast. They get the scoops that not everybody gets. I had problems you know, with, uh, with getting that. It took me some hard work and some, some palms had to be greased, some paws had to be rubbed. So, uh, yeah, I was able I- to secure I spoke to somebody uh, who was at the rap party. I don't know why they had the rap party for Britain's Got Talent last night, but they did. And um, apparently Pudsey was, didn't, wasn't in attendance, so... Already well, the fame has changed him. Don't expect him to go quite that quickly. Yeah, well, it's a slippery slope. We all know what happened to the original <laughs> Yeah, and in rehab at the moment, I think. Yeah. I want to talk very briefly about a show that I said to a lot of people who've been asking me uh, about, which is Silk. Silk is a legal drama starring spook star Rupert Henry Jones. And uh, ex-Shameless star Maxine Pen- uh, Maxine Peak. I was going to call her Maxine Penry Jones then. Uh, but yes, yeah, Silk is back tonight. In about 25 minutes time, it is back on our screens for series two. It's one of those shows I really 
really enjoyed because I like the atmosphere of the legal world and it was sort of showed it differently um, than I'd seen it before. It's written by Peter Moffat who's written series like Criminal Justice and North Square and he, he was a barrister before he became a writer so this is somebody who knows the, uh, the world he's writing about. Gary, I'm guessing you either missed it first time or the premise didn't interest you. Well, I have watched a few, but not, not consistently. And again, you can watch these as self-contained episodes. Each episode is a crime that gets unraveled, isn't it? You know, it's, it's not a long... There are things that go throughout a series. Well, the thing for just... the first series was which one of the main characters was going to get the all-important silk, of course, which we yeah. now know was Maxine's character, Martha Costello, which, by the way, is a great name for a TV character. Martha Costello. Uh, this series has the induction of Francis Barber playing a sort of a another another lady with silk who's on the opposing side, and Phil Davis, who has one of the most menacing faces on television, is in a, a great role for him as well. I, I just it's interesting. Sorry to, to interrupt, but of course this puts Robert Jones him back in another show. They were doing um, the ITV show. They? This will uh, be the third show they've done together. They did uh, North yeah, Square in 1999. Then they did Whitechapel uh, for ITV. These guys obviously like working together and they talk together. Are their names next to each other in the call-up diary, do you think? They must be, yeah. Although how Henry Jones and Davis would be quite so close together in the diaries, I don't quite know. But yeah, if you, have, if you haven't watched Silk, it, it is a good watch. Maybe in places it's a bit silly, but actually the, the what will what will draw you in if you haven't watched Silk before is the performances excuse me, the performances by a stellar cast. Maxine Peake, who you may have known from the uh, first series of Shameless, uh, maybe even Dinner Ladies if you want to go that far back. She's brilliant in this lead role uh, as Martha Costello I'll and it's probably, probably give the first episode a and see how I get on. But also kind of something I love, uh, Lewis returns as well. Why and do you love Lewis? I'd ne- I would never I, put you down as a Lewis fan. I, I love Inspirators. I loved uh, Endeavour that was on this year, uh, uh, just before Christmas. And I just think Lewis is just nice, gentle television. It's like the, it's like a 90-minute Hovis advert, though, Lewis. That's why I can't bear it. Is there I anything mean- coming back? You, you're looking forward to Denise. Anything coming up soon? The news. Uh, well, it's not that news. But The Walking Dead was back yesterday. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my PC already to watch, and I'm excited about it. I managed to catch it um, part way through the series somehow on another channel. I forget what it was. Okay. FX, yes. Yeah. And we started watching. I'm confused, it, it turns out that it was way through a mid-season break, so I was very confused. Is The Walking but Dead family excited. viewing for your in your house then? Is that family viewing? It's uh, not whole family viewing. It, it, it's it's mum and I. My my dad doesn't like um, kind of fantasy. He likes to be very much um, connected to the real world. So anything yeah, I'm, I'm like that in gore. Yeah, I, I, I really like The Walking Dead. I'm a fan of it. I've seen the whole of the second series. So before any spoilers, a lot of people in America complained that the show was too slow, much like zombies themselves. But actually, I really like kind of like the slow reveal and the fact that during this second series, you, you get to know the characters, and 
moments where the action comes make them much more heightened by the fact that you've been built up to them rather than just zombies flying left right in every episode so I, I look, I'd love to hear what you think when you when you watch the sort of the rest of the series we'll come back to that one in later weeks because you're an Andrew Lincoln yes. fan as well Denise which probably helps uh, yes I am very much so I loved uh, him in Teachers I watched This Life on box set because it came out when I was I was at school and it was it was just good so yes Andrew Lincoln is for me and the other British actor joining The Walking Dead in its third series is, of course, David Morrissey, who yes. I'm aware of, and, and I think could be an interesting addition because if he brings a certain gravitas to each role. Reveal which character he's going to play, that will give away some of the way up in series two. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm particularly excited that David Morrissey is joining. He was brilliant. Um, some team on the on Sky called Thorn, which based on some books by Mark Billy. Um, and I think he's a great actor. Thorn was good. I think Sky One have been doing brilliantly, and Thorn from a couple of years ago was great. Being, there are more Thorns being that have been made and ready to be, and they were kind of cropped with America. They had um, um, I can't name the lady out of Grey's Anatomy, the Asian lady out of Grey's Anatomy in them in one episode. But Aidan Gillen, who's now in Games of Thro Game of Thrones, the Wire. And them. So there so are more thrown. There are more Thorns on the way. We just haven't. We yeah, just got to wait. Thorn, more thorn coming up, you know, I believe the autumn, but Sky One do their upfronts, or what they call upfronts, quite later in the year, that exactly until then. I look forward to that. This is the Custard TV How Podcast. Have left, Mr. Tynos? Well, we have an impressive 4 minutes 30. Uh, so now oh. I want to ask you a very quick question. Tanise, first of all, how many hours of television do you think you watch a week, Tanise? I think it's gone down because I've been writing the next great British novel. Well, but that will take some time, I up, would, won't it? I think probably around three hours a day. Perhaps more at the weekend, but not really watching so much as having it on in the back, paying attention here and there. But one thing I try not to miss is Question Time, which, of course, I starred on uh, a few weeks back. Have to get that crowbar in there. Uh, the reason I bring this up is I'd like to, for next week, if, if you're both agreeable, I'd like to do uh, the Custard TV Diaries where each one of us um, just makes a note of what, we're, what we watch in the week and how, how much time we do sit in front of a TV screen and just see how many hours we do end up watching. Now this can be anything, what you're watching while you've got your dinner on, the news, anything. Just mark it down, don't make it a chore and we'll see how much we watch between this Tuesday and next week. Gary, do you, you think you watch more TV than me? Well, See now, this is always tricky. You see, obviously, uh, both you and I, Anthony, to some extent, watch television, say, professional, uh, um, for for purposes of writing and research. But yeah. I, I reckon, I reckon, on a daily basis, on a work day, even I fit in about hours. Hmm. Well, we'll see. So, are, are you up for this then? Anything you watch, regardless of whether it's a DVD box set or uh, yeah. Q, Q, whether you're buying shoes on QVC. Uh, whatever it is, uh, please I mark it down. I told you to keep that quiet, Luke. I'll well, ask you a game of chat and don't reveal that. You shouldn't have had it delivered to this house. That's the problem. Well, but you said you wouldn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I know, but I'm very, I'm very um, 
Machiavellian in that way. Ooh. I could I could change on a sixpence. Um, so, yeah. so that's what we'll do for next week. Let's see how many hours. Somebody messaged me in the week and said they only watch one soap, which is EastEnders, and everything else. Uh, they must watch about three hours a night, and everything else is about is catch-up uh, rather than watching it live. So anything you what watch, the only rule on this I'm going to make is it has to be on a television screen, not on a computer, but on a television screen. That's the only rule I'll make. Does an iPad count? No, it has to be on a TV screen, I think. Does my iPhone count? Other phones are available. No, TV screen. That's the rule. I've watched, watched BBC Player on it. Yeah. That can, I think I, the other thing that's interesting is to know what you watched and when you watched it. For instance, you know, watching the news, you watch that when it's on. But you're, most of the drama that I watched on, on off my Virgin Plus box, not at the time it was on. No. So I'll watch House on a Monday night rather than the Thursday night it's shown on Sky One, or I might um, uh, um, two channels on a Friday or Friday evening when, when it's on. So you know when I go to my um, holistic spinning class. Brilliant. Well, that's what we'll do next week. If you want to get in touch with either of us, uh, my name is Luke Custard TV on Twitter or Luke in the Custard at gmail.com. Uh, Tanise is the one with the underscores left. Yeah. I've, I've still got my um, score. Whoever's squatting on at I'm coming for you. Uh, and if you and want I to get hold of Gary, you talk to him this way. I, I've been relieved from my underscores. Therefore, you can now contact me on the fabulous at the game show. No underscores. So that is it. The Custard TV podcast polished and done for another week. You can download this from the website. And if you have, thanks ever so much for your support so far. Um, and we'll catch you back here next Tuesday when we'll talk about Silk and we'll tell you how much TV we have watched in the week. Just make a note of it. If you want to play along and do it with us, so to speak, uh, you can do and we'll see how far you do. That was us. Thanks to Denise, thanks to Gary and we'll catch you next week when we go live again on the Custard TV Podcast. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.